We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we wanted freedom. We wanted to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Work Less, Earn More. I'm your host, Gillian Perkins, and today we are going to get into the first income report on this show. If you have listened to any of the episodes that came before this, then you'll know that I've been promising monthly income reports, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, in case you haven't heard me talk about these income reports before and my intention for them, I want to start by explaining the reasons why I want to do these for you. And then also a little bit about what you can expect from the income reports and how they'll be different from most income reports that you may have heard or seen in the past. So first of all, why am I doing these income reports? Well, really, it all comes back to me wanting to really open up the doors of my business to you and show you behind the scenes as much as possible so that you can see the realist picture of what it is like to run my business and you can learn things from it. This all started a long time ago when I was first thinking about starting an online business and I was reading all sorts of different blogs and starting to listen to some podcasts. And there was one blog that really really stood out to me. Uh, It was run by a guy named Pat Flynn. You may have heard of it before. It's called Smart Passive Income. And it really stood out to me, not just because Pat's a really nice guy, but because he did income reports every single month. I found them so interesting and so inspiring to see how much money Pat was able to earn online, but also to see that breakdown of exactly how he was earning the money and also to understand what his expenses were. Everything else that I read online sounded honestly quite theoretical. It was strategies that I didn't know if they would work. I didn't know how well they would work. And I had difficulty wrapping my mind around exactly how money was made online. So those income reports really meant a lot to me because they brought everything into focus and helped me understand how things actually worked. So now I want to do the same for you. Of course, I could have put these on my YouTube channel, and that would have made sense for a few reasons. My audience on YouTube is far bigger than the audience that listens to this podcast because YouTube is just a much bigger ecosystem than podcasting is. And the people on YouTube honestly would love to listen to these income reports. But there are a couple reasons why I didn't want to put it on YouTube. First of all, because it's mostly just going to be a lot of talking. There's not a whole lot to show with income reports. So it kind of lends itself to the podcast. And also because on this podcast, I really want to bring you the deepest dive into the content, show you the most nitty gritty behind the scenes. YouTube is more for basic beginner stuff and for entertainment. Um, And so I wanted to keep that content separate and put these income reports where the people who are really the most committed and the most interested in building successful online businesses could find them and get the most out of them. 
Oh, and one more thing I should say about my decision to do income reports or not. I just want to let you know that it was kind of a tough decision to do these because even though I've wanted to do them for a long time because I benefited from them so much, it's a little bit scary to put these numbers out there. The biggest thing is just that because of I would say the type of business I run, but I think that it's more just running a business of any sort. The numbers vary quite a bit from month to month. Some months I make a lot more than other months. And I've always felt a little bit nervous about having to explain every month why my income dipped or why it was particularly high. It's just a little bit uncomfortable to talk about money. And I just want to put that out there and acknowledge that, that I want to share these numbers with you. And I think it's important that we do have more open, honest discussions about money. But that doesn't mean it's always easy. Okay, so now let's get into how these income reports will be different than others you may have seen from other people. The main thing is this. I'm not only going to share the numbers of my revenue and my expenses and my profit. I'm also going to share with you what I did to earn that money or what those expenses were for. Specifically, I'm going to be sharing a time report. I'm going to be sharing with you my time log, how much time I spent on each activity that earned me these different amounts of money. And my hope is that this will make these income reports even more practical and even more useful to you. And that just like how I used to appreciate those income reports on Smart Passive Income so much because they showed me how Pat was actually making his money, that these can be even more useful to you because you'll not only see how I'm making the money, but you'll also see what I'm doing to make the money. So that is exactly what we are going to be getting into today, the first income report of this nature. Before we do that, though, I just wanted to uh, talk for a minute about the launch of this podcast. You guys have been amazing, such a fantastic community that has really come around me as I've launched this show this past month. And I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has done anything to get the word out about the show. There are three main things that people have been doing to share the show. Uh, the first is just finding the show and subscribing to it and downloading the episodes. That actually has a huge impact. So right now, if you're listening on your mobile device, such as a smartphone, and you haven't yet already downloaded all the episodes, if you could do that, it would actually be a big help because that's what pushes us higher on the Apple charts and helps more people find the show. Um, this past week, when we launched the podcast officially, the podcast actually got up to number 20 in the new shows in the business category, and it got all the way up to number 44 in business overall. But in order to keep that place or push it even higher in the charts, we have to get more downloads. So if you haven't already downloaded that those episodes, that's a really easy thing you could do to help us out. The other thing that people have been doing is leaving reviews. Now, this doesn't actually have a big impact on the ranking, except that it gives the show a lot more credibility. And those reviews that you write really help new potential listeners to understand what the show is about so that they know that they might be interested in it and they can then choose to listen to it. So it really helps to get people interested. And then the final thing that the launch team has been doing for us is sharing the podcast on social media 
or sharing it directly with people who they know, who they think might be interested in this topic. If you have done any of these things, I just want to, again, say a huge thank you. It means so much to me, and it really helps to get this message out that it's possible to work less and earn more because so many people don't even understand that that is an option. They think the only way that they could earn more is if they work a lot more and that they have to make the hard decision between either focusing on making money but sacrificing the quality of life that they really want, sacrificing their relationships, or else they have to be some sort of starving artist or they have to really put money on the back burner and not pursue their financial dreams and instead just focus on relationships. But I really want to show as many people as possible that this doesn't have to be an either or. You can have both if you figure out how to make more money in less time. So Anything you can do to get the word out about the show to share this message with people is some amazing help that you can give to me and to others as well. Okay, so now let's get back into talking about this income report. Um, there are a few things that I want to let you know about uh, my income reports in general um, so that you really understand these numbers and that you can get the most out of it. These things just they will give you a little bit of context. So the first thing is talking about passive income. And the reason I want to bring this up is because as you'll see in this income report and in coming months in future income reports, the way I earn money in my business is not the same way you would earn money from a job. I don't go to work for five hours and then earn a certain amount per hour and take that money home. Um, as a business owner, I am doing activities in the business that are helping the business to earn money. And often the business doesn't actually earn the money from my effort for a month or two or more. And I earn the money from the business whenever I get paid by the business, not when the business actually makes the money. Now, I earn money from my business in two different ways. First of all, I earn wages because I am an employee of the S Corp that is my business. And then I also earn money that I take as owner draws. And the reason I want to mention this is just so that you understand that even though my business income is fluctuating from one month to the next, typically my take home pay is pretty stable just because of how we have the company's books organized. But this also brings me back to talking about passive income. Sometimes on YouTube, especially, I talk about how my business makes money and things that I do to generate passive income. And it always seems to spark a debate about whether or not my business actually makes passive income or not. So I decided today to look up a couple definitions of passive income so we could talk about that, talk about um, whether this income I'm earn earning is passive or whether it's active. Now, surprisingly, there's not that many definitions for passive income that come from what I would call truly credible sources. The best ones that I could find was one from Wikipedia and then another that is from the IRS, but it's not technically labeled as a definition. Okay, so first of all, Wikipedia says passive income is income that requires little to no effort to earn 
and maintain. It is called progressive passive income when the earner expends little effort to grow the income. Examples of passive income include rental income and any business activities in which the earner does not materially participate. And then it goes on to say that uh, passive income might be taxed differently um, depending on where you earn it and exactly how you earn it. So first of all, I find the first part of this definition a little bit funny because it says passive income is income that requires little to no effort to earn and maintain. Um, And the reason I find this funny is because you can't create something out of nothing. And so literally every type of income requires some effort to earn. It might only require some initial effort where you have to do something to get it started and then you continue to earn from it after that with no additional work. But everything requires at least a tiny bit of work. So I just found that a little bit funny. Um, But after that, the rest of the definition is talking about um, things that you would do once that would continue to pay you on into the future, which is my definition of passive income as well. And then as I mentioned, the IRS also has a definition of sorts. They say, generally, a passive activity is any rental activity or any business in which the taxpayer does not materially participate. Non-passive activities are businesses in which the taxpayer works on a regular, continuous, or substantial basis. So based on these definitions, I would say that my business is not a passive business because I do continue to work in my business every single month. However, my business definitely earns both active and passive income. There are some things that we have to work each month to create the income for, but for the most part, we're working to run the business, but the income is coming in from things that we are are not actively doing from month to month. They're coming in from sales funnels that we've built in the past or marketing campaigns that we've started and are now up and running and we don't have to touch them. So I just want to explain that as we're talking about the income that I earn and the time that I spend, because as you'll see as we get into these numbers, it's difficult to draw correlations between the time that I work and the money I earn sometimes because I don't do some work and then immediately get paid for it. I do work and then get paid potentially a month or two or three down the road. And with that in mind, the last thing I'll mention before we get into these numbers is just that while my time analysis will be primarily focused on each month that I'm doing the income report for, I am also going to reference previous months because often it was the work I did in those months that really contributed to my income. I'll also talk a little bit about what I'm hoping that the work I did on this particular month is going to produce in the future just for the sake of understanding why I did the things that I did and so that in the future we can see whether or not those things do in fact pay off. As I mentioned earlier on, these income reports are brand new. This is the first one I'm ever doing. So I would definitely appreciate your feedback on them and on the format as you listen to the numbers. If you have any thoughts about how I could make any of this clearer or more helpful, then I would definitely love to hear those thoughts. Um, If you have general feedback for the show and you're enjoying it and then you just have a few thoughts, it'd be fantastic if you left a review for the show and shared it there. Um, If you have more just Uh, thoughts for improvement and you don't want to leave a review, you can always head to my website, gillianperkins.com, and you could send us a message with any feedback that you have.
Okay, let's get into these numbers. So we're going to talk about the income numbers first. And the first numbers that we'll talk about are revenue. So in the month of January of 2020, my business earned a total of $29,338 in gross revenue. I'll just mention now that most of these numbers I will be rounding to the tens or hundreds um, for the sake of simplicity. And so essentially my business earned $29,300 in gross revenue. So this is all the money that people paid us. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down the different sources of that income. The first thing on my profit and loss statement is affiliate program income. So this is income that we earned by promoting other people's products. And in January, that was $860. The next line item says teachable income. And this is actually income that was earned by promoting teachable. So it is also affiliate income, but it's more substantial than most of the other smaller sources of affiliate income. So it's broken out and we earned $900 from promoting Teachable. Next up, we've got the YouTube ad revenue. Now, lately, my YouTube videos have been getting even more views than normal, and so this number is a bit higher than it has been in past months. In January, my business earned $6,800 from YouTube ads. So this is money that I am paid by YouTube because people clicked the ads while they were watching my videos, $6,800. Now, right here, I'll just interject that I am so excited about this money, not because that $6,800 is my most substantial source of income, but I always just think it is so cool that I get paid to advertise my business. I very honestly would make YouTube videos if YouTube did not pay me a dime because it gives me a lot of exposure for my business. But the fact that they pay me almost $7,000 a month to advertise my business just continues to blow my mind. That's so cool. Okay, so now let's move along. The next line item is course sales for our channel launch program. This is our program about how to succeed on YouTube. And in January, we sold $4,500 of channel launch courses. And then the next line item is our pro quality videos workshop. This is a very small product that we sell to people who are thinking about getting started on YouTube, but they need some help making their videos. They're not really sure if they can do it with the equipment that they have. In January, we sold $1,300 of this program. And then the final big source of revenue in January was Startup Society. This is the membership program that I run for online entrepreneurs. It teaches them how to start and grow a successful online business. And it's a monthly membership program. So in order to stay enrolled in the program, members pay a membership fee every single month. And in January... Startup Society brought in just shy of $15,000. So that was our single biggest earner. Altogether, this revenue adds up to $29,300 for the month of January, which I'll just note is a very typical for the business recently. We've been averaging around $30,000 for the past several months. Uh, we're hoping to grow that further in 2020, um, but we've been pretty consistent with about $30,000 in revenue for the past few months. 
Okay, so now we're going to get into expenses. And because there is a lot more variety in the expenses than there are in the programs that we sell, um, it would take too long and be too confusing to go through all the numbers. So I'm going to give you the total of our expenses, and then I'm going to hit on the biggest expenses that we had in the month. So all told in January, we had $9,900 in expenses. So just shy of $10,000 spent to run the business. Some of the biggest expenses included um, our bookkeeping services, $315 for the month. Um, another big one was our software and subscriptions, $505 for the month. That seems a little bit low to me, um, which reminds me to mention that in order to get these episodes out to you every month in not too long after the previous month ends. So for example, this is January's income report and we're trying to re get it released on the first Monday of February, which is only a few days after January ends. So often I have to record these income reports before the month has officially closed. So right now I'm recording this on January 30th. There's still one day left in the month. And aside from that, the bookkeeper hasn't yet had time to log every single transaction. And so what that means is that both the income and the expense numbers that I'm sharing with you are about 10% lower than they are in reality and what we'll see once every single transaction has been recorded. In future months, we may decide to release these income reports later in the following month so that they can be even more accurate and detailed. Um, but for now, I wanted to try just getting them out as soon as possible with the understanding that all these numbers are just a little smaller than they might be in the future. Okay, let's get back into talking about the expenses. The reason I brought that up is because that $505 for software and subscriptions seems a little bit low to me. We normally spend a bit more than that on software and subscriptions. The next big expense was $1,700 for video creation expenses, which was mostly paid to the video production team that we work with to produce our YouTube videos. They help me out with getting a lot of the content filmed and edited, um, and their help is really so valuable to me. It saves me a lot of hassle. We also paid $250 in PayPal fees. These are transaction fees that we pay to PayPal to process our transactions. The next big expense is the money that is paid to me as wages and the taxes that are paid along with that. So in January, I was paid $4,700, $4,700 in wages, and that meant that we paid out a little over $360 in taxes. Now, as I mentioned earlier on in this episode, I earn both wages and I earn owner's draws. The owner's draws are variable from one month to the next, and they are taken out of the company's profits, but the wages are fixed every single month. And in January, they were $4,700. The next large expense was Stripe payment processing fees. So just like we paid PayPal money to process transactions, we also paid Stripe money to process transactions. They processed the majority of our transactions and we paid them $460. 
The next big expense was video editing and we paid out $1,200 to video editors. So this is on top of the video production. Um, now I see here that there are two expenses that are definitely missing. One of them is the expense that is the money I pay to my operations manager. I pay her about $2,500 a month and it hasn't been recorded yet. And then there also isn't a line item for the money paid to our customer service rep. Um, and I pay her about $2,000 a month. She's paid hourly, so it's not as consistent. So um, that's $4,500 that isn't actually on my profit and loss statement so far. However, it would make sense to subtract the money that was paid out to me as wages from the expenses if we're trying to understand the profits, which happens to be the amount that is roughly missing from here. So I would say that this $10,000 of expenses in January is actually pretty accurate um, if we're excluding those wages. So all told in January, our net profit was $19,400. Like I said, this number is not exact, but it is pretty close. Um, maybe just a little bit lower than it is in reality, but there is both income and expenses that haven't quite been logged yet. But I hope that that gives you an idea of how my business is making money and what some of our biggest expenses are. And in future months, I'm going to work to make this as accurate as it can possibly be. And I'm also going to try to focus on talking about different aspects of the income we earn and different expenses, um, because obviously we can't get into all the details of all those numbers every single month, because that would just take far too long. Okay, so now that we've gone through all the income numbers, we're going to get into how much time I spent running my business in January. So I pulled up these January numbers and I was thinking about how I wanted to go over them with you. And something that I immediately realized was that while I am interested to share the January numbers with you, it's the December numbers, the time I worked in December that had a much bigger impact on January's income than January's working time did. So first let's go over those January numbers, but then let's take a look at the December numbers and we'll see how that time that I worked really created the income that it did. Okay, so in January, I worked a total of 95 hours and 20 minutes for the entire month. Now, I did a little bit of math, and it looks like in January, there was a total of 4.6 work weeks, which means that I worked an average of 20 hours and 39 minutes. Now, when I did this math, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised because I felt like I was working a little bit more than normal this month with the launch of the podcast specifically. I was doing all the same work I normally do, plus I was creating podcast episodes, which is something that's new to me, and we were working on actually promoting the launch of the podcast, so I thought that of the months of the year, this might be one of the months when I worked the very most, so yeah, it's just pleasantly surprising to see that I only ended up working a little bit more than 20 hours a week. So that's really cool. Um, as far as what I spent that time on, the biggest chunk of my time was spent producing YouTube videos. I spent a total of 24 hours producing YouTube videos in the month of January. Now, how I produce the YouTube videos is one day a week, every single Monday, we work on actually making the videos. There are a few other things I have to do throughout the week to get them produced, like reviewing the drafts and asking for any final edits. 
but it's basically one day a week. And typically on that Monday, we'll put in about five hours into producing YouTube videos, which makes perfect sense with that 24 hours in the month number. This is the time that I put into producing YouTube videos pretty much every month. Although, as we'll get into in some future episodes later this year, I'm going to be taking some time off. And so this is actually the time that I'm putting in to produce twice as many YouTube videos as I need to. I'm making two videos every single week and we're releasing just one. And while this is a huge chunk of time, it's the thing that I spend the very most time on. It's also the thing that is the biggest driver of my business's revenue currently because it is where we get most of our exposure, most of our leads, and that drives most of our sales. Something that we're really prioritizing this year is to develop some other significant sources of leads just to diversify the business better, but also to be able to better control and increase the number of leads and sales that we are getting. But YouTube is a great driver of sales and putting that 24 hours a month into driving the majority of our sales is really the best thing I could be doing with my time. The thing that I spent the next most time on was podcast management. So this wasn't creating podcast episodes, but primarily planning and running the launch. I spent 10 hours in January on managing the podcast and the podcast launch. And then I spent another 10 hours creating podcast episodes. The episodes that I created in January, of course, are primarily going to be the episodes that you hear in February. Uh, I think one of the episodes I created in January was actually one of the January episodes, but all the rest of that time is for the February episodes. After that, the thing I spent the most time on would be meetings. I spent seven hours meeting with people in the month of January. Almost all that time, if not all of it, was time spent meeting with my ops manager. I meet with her once a week to discuss any issues that have cropped up over the week and to also make plans for how we will achieve our objectives for the following week. These meetings are a significant chunk of one day. We'll often meet for two or more hours, um, and sometimes it can feel like a waste of time, but I know that it is not because my ops manager does so much to keep my business running smoothly and keeping her in the loop and making these plans with her and solving these problems with her really enables me to work as little as I do the rest of the week. After that, there were just two more things that took up a significant chunk of time and then everything else was little bits of time here and there. One of those things was channel launch course management. So one of the main courses that we sell is the channel launch course. And while the course exists and sells on autopilot, we work every single month to continue to improve the course and to serve the students who are inside the course and to work on improving the process that sells the course. Oftentimes we'll focus more on either the sales side of things or the customer service side of things. But along with that, we're always supporting the students. In January, I spent just under six hours managing this course. And just to tie this back into the income report, I'll remind you that I earned $4,500 from course sales for channel launch in January. Now, like I said, it's more likely that the time I put in in December is actually what directly contributed or most directly contributed to that income. Um, but it still is interesting to see that I worked 
six hours in January on that aspect of my business that earned $4,500. Okay, and the final category I spent significant time on was managing startup society. Now, when I say managing startup society, for me, that is primarily just supporting members, getting into the community group, responding to people's questions, giving feedback, answering members' emails. I don't deal with the side of customer service that has to do with accounts and access and all that. Our customer service team takes care of all that so that the time that I spend helping the members can really be focused on business strategy and figuring out their marketing and really solving their business problems. Okay, so those are all of the main categories that I spent time on in January. As I mentioned before, it's a total of 95 hours for the month or just over 20 hours, 20 hours and 39 minutes per week. Now, before we wrap this income report up, I just want to also dive into the December numbers for just a minute because like I said, those numbers really have a bigger impact on this month's income. All right, so in December, I worked 50 and a half hours, 50 hours and 30 minutes. And the reason that that number is so much less than the amount I worked in January is because I took two weeks off for Christmas, as I do every year. And so I only actually worked for about two weeks of the month, even though there were 4.4 potential work weeks in the month. And so while it isn't unusual that I took some time off for Christmas, I'm going to be dividing the total number of hours I work each month just by the number of potential work days, just subtracting weekends and not subtracting other holidays because that is time that I took off, whether it was a whole day I took off and whether I chose to take off one day for Christmas or two days for Christmas or two weeks for Christmas. It's time that I got to take off time I wasn't working. So with that in mind, 50 and a half hours divided by 4.4 weeks means I worked an average of 11.5 hours per week. Now in practice, that's not what happened. I worked two 25 hour weeks and didn't work the rest of the month. Um, So I'm not sure which of those numbers is more helpful to you. If you have any feedback on that, whether you'd rather understand like the number of hours I'm working per day more accurately or whether you'd rather have the average number of hours I'm working per week over the course of a month, considering time off and all that, then be sure to give me that feedback. You can either do it in your review that you leave on Apple Podcasts or in Stitcher or by contacting me via my website. That feedback would be really helpful. Okay, um, so that time that I spent in December, here's what I spent it on. First of all, I spent a total of 15 hours producing YouTube videos. Uh, And so because we are ahead with the YouTube video production, those 15 hours that I spent in December weren't at all to catch up so I didn't have to work on Christmas break. They were just to keep me caught up where we currently are with the production schedule, producing two videos per week. The next thing I spent my time on was podcast episode creation. So this was me recording the first three episodes of the podcast as well as the podcast trailer. And I spent a total of nine hours recording those episodes. And I'll also mention that I say I spend that time recording. I actually spend most of that time planning and then just a smaller portion of that time actually recording because planning podcast episodes definitely takes more time than recording them does. 
The thing I spent the next most time on was action plan creation. Um, so action plans are the main type of content that we provide the members with in Startup Society. The easiest way to explain what an action plan is, is it's like a very short, very action-oriented course. It's a course that takes you one month to complete, and each week of the month you watch one lesson and then have a specific assignment to complete in order to reach a big goal by the end of the month. So for example, maybe you want to launch a webinar. And so you would work through the action plan that would guide you through the process of planning and recording and promoting your webinar. Or maybe you want to rewrite your website. There is an action plan for that too. And we release one of these action plans to the Startup Society members every single month. Sometimes I create these action plans myself and I am the expert featured in the action plan, whereas other times we have a guest expert host the action plan. Either way, it does require a little bit of work from me, at least the way we do it right now, because when we do have a guest, I'm working with the guest to create the best action plan for the members and to review all the materials just to make sure that they are top quality. Um, now, the time that I spent in December was actually me producing an action plan that we released to the members in January. So going back to the income report, you'll remember that in January, I earned $15,000 from Startup Society memberships. Now that money is generated both by the work that I actually did in December, as well as all the work that I've done over the past couple of years in creating and promoting Startup Society. And it really is only because of that little bit of time I've put in over a long period of time that to date earns $15,000 a month. Um, but for reference, in December, I spent that five hours producing the content for Startup Society and then another four hours managing the members, which again is me supporting them, answering their business questions and all that. So a total of nine hours managing the program and creating the content for the program that earned $15,000. And there's just one more item that I spent significant time on in December, and that was meetings. In December, I spent three and a half hours in meetings. Again, those were mostly with my ops manager. Okay, so this episode is getting on the long side, so we're going to need to wrap this up. But I hope that you really enjoyed this first income report. If you have any feedback, as I mentioned before, I would love to hear it, especially because these are new and we're still figuring out the very best way to share this information with you. I would love to know if there's anything else you'd like me to add to this income report to make it more useful to you? Is there numbers I didn't share that you would like to hear? Uh, do you want to hear more of the nitty gritty of exactly how I spend my time? Let me know. You can contact me with the contact form on my website. It's down at the very, very bottom of my website. Got to scroll down to that footer so that we don't get too many messages from too many random people. Um, or if you have general feedback for the show and you're enjoying it, then make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts or to Stitcher if you're on Android and leave a review of the show. Of course, a five-star review is very appreciated if you are enjoying the show and then you can leave any suggestions you have in the review itself. I'll be reading those every single week and I'm also going to be featuring a few of them in each episode. And that's actually what I want to do right now. I want to share with you a couple of the reviews that our amazing launch team has written over the past couple weeks here. The first one is from Lily. 329. Lily wrote, 
I was so excited when I got your email about this podcast. I've been waiting to start my own business, but I really didn't know where to start. So this podcast has given me hope on how to start my own business. Now I'm getting confidence that I can start my business. I'll be sharing this with my friends. Thank you so much, Lily, for listening and for leaving this awesome review and also for sharing it with your friends. As I mentioned before, anything we can do to get the word out is very helpful both to me and to those people who you tell who get to learn this information for the first time. If you're not aware, pretty much the only way that a podcast spreads is via word of mouth. There's just not really all that much of an algorithm to work like there is on YouTube where I can work with the YouTube algorithm to get YouTube to share my show for me. Just doesn't work that way. We can rank on the podcast charts, but the way we can reach the most people is if you actually tell people about the show. And the other review that I'm going to feature today is from Venetia SF. And she wrote, Gillian is gifted with having fantastic information that's shared in an organized and applicable way. I'm so grateful to have found this amazing resource. Gillian is not only someone who wants to help others succeed, but also transparent and willing to provide current examples of how she's doing it. Thank you so much, Venetia, for taking the time to write this review. I'm so glad to hear that you're enjoying the show and the format of it so far and that you're getting a lot out of it. If you're listening right now and you haven't yet left a review, then be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher if you're on Android and leave me a review so I know you're listening and so that I can feature it in a future episode. Last thing before we wrap this up is I just wanted to let you know what to expect in the next episode. Next Monday, I'm going to be talking about who to hire when you're first starting out and don't really have much of a budget. So if you've just started your business or you're just thinking about starting and you don't really have the budget to hire someone, or maybe you've even been in business for a while, but you're only really making enough to support yourself. So you don't think you can afford to hire help. Then this episode is for you. We are going to dive into how to strategically figure out who the best person to hire is that will really pay their own keep. They'll earn you far more than they cost you so that you can easily afford to have their help and so that you can accomplish a lot more without having to work more yourself. If that's something that sounds interesting to you, if you are interested in hiring help for your business so that you can do more with less effort, then make sure you tune in next Monday for that next episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today for this episode and I'll be back again next Monday. So I'll see you then.